Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record. We get to talking about the show, about anything else it might inspire us to talk about, and hopefully it is fun. My guest this week is Sarah Hanchar. Sarah is a very amazingly talented, funny actress, comedian, improviser, singer. She is a former Orlando performer, but she now resides in Seattle. So she is appearing on the show courtesy of the wonderful technology called Skype that all the kids apparently are using now. Sarah is also a fellow podcaster. We talk about her show on the show, and I hope you might give it a listen. It's called Hi, I Think You're Nice. Before we start, I do need to give a shout out to my new Patreon supporter, Richard P. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much. If you want to be like Richard, support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. If you don't choose to support the show, that is also perfectly okay. I promise I still love you. So this week, Sarah and I watched season four, episode 10 for the asking. And its original air date was December 15th, 1982. I think we're ready to jump on in, kids. Let's face the facts with Sarah Hanchar. Ladies and gentlemen, the happy pink girl herself, live by satellite, directly from the future, where I am learning we can talk, video, uh, see each other and record it at the same time. Technology is really interesting. It's Sarah Hanchar! Hi, everybody! I'm so happy to be here. Woo-woo! I'm so happy to have you here. It is... Um, I love your podcast. You have a, a lovely show called Hi, I Think You're Nice. Oh, thank and you. It is such a sweet show, and you have such fun guests. And you've had uh, some Orlando guests from your old days. This is your old stomping ground. Yes, I did used to stomp around Orlando quite a bit. Um, lived there for about eight years and made some of the best friends of my whole life. Did some of the mm. my favorite shows of my whole life. I yeah. need to get you on the show, David, because I think you're nice. I would nice. love to be. Oh, I think you're nice, too. I would love to do the show, <laughs> but um, I'm thrilled that you are doing this and you were game to be a part of Let's Face the Facts. Yeah. So uh, I assume you did your homework. I did. And you watched the episode season four episode was it 10 yes i believe you're right it was for the taking which i'm like whoa that's intense um i thought it was for the asking oh for the asking never mind that's much <laughs> less intense <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> i'm it's just gonna take it <laughs> or you could ask for it <laughs> That's my Mrs. Garrett impression, by the it's way. It's so and good. You will be um you will be asked to do yours at some point. Oh um, dear. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so you did watch the episode? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. I, did you? Did it bring up any of the feels? Did it bring up memories? Did Did you ever watch the show? I actually, I I wanted to uh, come out honestly about this. I never watched the show um originally because I was but a babe, but um, mm -hmm. and I didn't see it in reruns. And you know what? It's a great show, David. It's so good. It is. So I always like to start my show by asking my guest if okay. you would please give me just a quick one to two sentence synopsis of the show, uh, just like what you might see in TV Guide. What did you and I watch? Okay. So we watched an episode where it was a Sadie Hawkins Day dance at the old... Not where the ladies went to school, but where the boys <laughs> went to school. Bakersville. Nope, that's Bates not it. Bates Academy. <laughs> Bates Academy was having a Sadie Hawkins Day dance. And um, the, the cutie pies over there told the ladies, hey, um, if you want to go, it's uh, you get to ask us. And then there were lots of emotions and feelings and um, uh, variations of feminism on the take hot takes on... Uh, the Sadie Do Hawkins Day dance, and the ladies had various adventures dealing with that. Some excited, mm -hmm. excited some crazed, some a uh, little confused, and all delightful. Nice. 
Wonderful. Thank Yay. you so much for that. Of course. Uh, so then at this point, then I start um, like microscopically analyzing Good. the episode. So the episode begins in the kitchen. Joe comes downstairs and the girls are all looking out of that. I call it the order window. It's the sliding door like, you know, Vera, pick up on Alice yeah. or something. It's like a weird sliding door that only occasionally exists, but isn't always there. But helpful I'm, I'm, for this case, because that's, that's uh, yes. the perfect window for snooping. Yeah, exactly. And that is precisely what the girls are doing. And Joe says, what are you doing? What are you looking at? And the girls are like, oh, nothing. And they quickly scatter like cockroaches. <laughs> well... It turns out, well, Sarah, you tell me, what is going on in the other room that is of such great interest to the girls? Well, there are boys in the other room, David. Mm-hmm. I mean, boys. Have you even heard of them? L- look, at he's looking around. Yeah. I don't know what a boy, what, what a is bo- a boy? What is, what is a boy me, even? Me only simple jungle princess. <laughs> what means this word kiss? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. But the boys are there for what purpose? Oh, well, that's the thing. They don't know, right? They, they're they having some sort of meeting um, with old what's-her-face, Mrs. <laughs> Marple. Nope. Uh, Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. I'm so sorry. No, People no, who do love the show are going to be so pissed. No, no. You are, your personality, you are so freaking sweet and charming. The fact that you, it's, it's hilarious. It's oh, well, hilarious. thank you. Um, um, Mrs. Garrett is planning with the boys the upcoming dance happening that uh, following Saturday night. And what kind yeah. of a dance is it? And that is where we discover it is the Sadie Hawkins Day dance. And uh, these, uh, the girls, they had no idea what that was. I forget who it is specifically that doesn't know what a Sadie Hawkins Day dance is. Mm-hmm. But uh, somebody does quickly step in and say, well, it's named after... The character of Sadie Hawkins in the comic strip Lil Abner. Lil, Lil Abner. I'm Lil. like, oh, man. Did did you know that? I didn't know that's where Sadie Hawkins came from. I did not know that. I was a big fan of that show. Uh, my brother was in it in middle school, and I remember I went to every showing of it. I thought it was the greatest show mm-hmm. ever on earth. <laughs> and here's the connection to it. The original Broadway cast, guess who was Mammy Yoakum? <gasps> Charlotte Ray. Who plays Mrs. Garrett? Mrs. Garrett. She was the original Broadway Mammy Yoakum, yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah. So that's the connection to it. Um, The thing with the Sadie Hawkins Day dance is, according to Wikipedia, it has been happening since, apparently in the comic strip, they named a Sadie Hawkins Day. And because she's, I think she might be the prototype for the Yahoo! Man! character that would later... (laughs) infiltrate every cartoon ever made sure but i think she's that the man chasing um forceful female character ah. uh, and one could argue feminist yeah but that Sex happened positive in, anyway uh, yes yeah. indeed yeah yeah, yeah. lay Do your it. kink Get cards it. on the table girl yeah um <laughs> But it started in 1937 is when the event happened. Sadie Hawkins Day was declared in the comic strip. And it was this day that all the women went nuts and basically, you know, went around and molested the men for a change. (laughs) And then the idea of naming a dance, a Sadie Hawkins Day dance, that started as early as 1938. Oh, wow. So so the Sadie Hawkins Day concept has been around for... uh, 44 years at the point of this episode in 1982. Yeah. yeah. And yet the girls, and I don't remember when I learned it or when I didn't learn it or whatever, but it's like, okay, whatever. Maybe they don't all know, but let's teach them that. And uh, and that is what it is. The idea is a Sadie Hawkins dance is mm-hmm. the dance where the girls yeah. ask the boys. Yeah. We, in the course of learning about the dance and meeting the boys who are in the cafeteria with Mrs. Garrett, we have to take a moment to stop and discuss the actors playing the boys. There are bunches of them. There's a few, maybe six or eight of them. It seems like there were quite a few. There were quite a few around that tiny table. Yeah, but only two of them spoke. There is one called Boy Number One. Ah, yes. His name is Mark Jefferson is the actor. He's the African-American young man. Uh, that 2D, I think, kind of follows out. 
mm-hmm. and I forget he has literally a well come on let's get going guys it was just the garden variety that's why he's boy number one and didn't classic have a name. boy number one move come on that guys is, let's get out of here that is so him isn't <laughs> that it? is so him he just so. loves to get out of places and tell people where to go that's him that's our that's our guy <laughs> so um he was in the 1983 movie Max Dugan Returns never to be heard from again no really he got out of the biz man it was getting too rough yeah i get it though honestly <laughs> I, I mean if we could we would that's yep, you but know but we can't that's we how can't. it is no we're damaged we're broken broken people and this is where we belong <laughs> So then the other boy, the other mm-hmm. boy is the important one. This is the boy that Natalie has a crush on and that all the yeah. girls are kind of poking at her about the fact that she has a crush on this boy named Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben is played by Brian Robbins. And I did not know or recognize who this boy was. Mm-hmm. So I Googled him. Um, he is not just the actor who would go on to be uh, the role of Eric Mardian on Head of the Class the leather jacket wearing tough guy on head of the class. He was in every episode. That's it. It's after my time too. I don't know it either. Okay. (laughs) But after, I mean, so head of the class, that's like a hundred and something episodes. Like that's a, that's a payola. If he he saved his money, he, he was set. Yeah. Um, Especially if you go into syndication, get those residuals. Fuck. Yeah. Brian Robbins, uh, look at putting aside his acting credits. He has 94 producing credits most of them executive producer including things like the amanda show arliss one tree hill oh my gosh he has a lot of shows under his belt as a producer and um he also directed and executive produced the eddie murphy comedy norbit oh my god (laughs) which is a multiple razzie award winning comedy um (laughs) but i'm gonna give a little reading here from wikipedia On June 7th, 2017, Brian Robbins became the president of Paramount Players, a newly formed division of Paramount Pictures. He will work with Viacom's Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, and BET brands to generate projects while also focusing on contemporary properties. Well. That was in June of 2017. But he left that job in 2018 because as of today, he is the president of Nickelodeon. Say what? This boy in this episode who played Ben, honey, we need to get our headshots and our resumes to him. He could fucking hire us. Yes. He's, he's <laughs> oh my God, very ben, powerful television executive producer and entertainment leader. Good for him. Yeah. Damn. Oh, wow. That's a smart route, man. If you can, if you have the brain for it and you have the mm. the the stomach for it, to oh, yeah. uh to go the producer route and do all of that on that business side, man. Yeah. That's that's a smart move. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I just have to point that out um, before we continue. So sure. Um, it, while he is there, Ben. Natalie is kind of trying to say hi to him and kind of trying to engage in conversation, and he is not yeah. giving her the time of day. No. He is no. almost borderline rude. I was like, dude. Yeah, that Natalie's... shoulder was cold. That was a yeah. cold shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Natalie is not the archetypical pretty girl like a Blair or whatever, but Natalie's fun and affable. and you... Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be Natalie's friend? Jesus, what's the matter yeah. with you? Fuck yeah, that I'm guy. A, I think everyone casts themselves, right? Uh, when I yeah. told my my cousin I was doing this episode with your show, she's like, "Oh, I was such a Joe." And then like most people wanted to be Blair, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm I am a staunch Natalie." I would yeah. say, I yeah. most gay boys will also say they're staunch Natalies because of uh, because of being the sort of odd one out, the one that, you know, Mm. three of these things go together and one of these things is a little bit different appearance-wise, even though they never made fat jokes about her. They never, That's something I noticed. And I'm so glad because that's such an easy and lame Mm. crutch. Like the fat phobia stuff is like like what you see on Friends. And it's so gross and it's so mean and it's not funny. It's never funny because it's so mean and pointless. And you're like, well really great joke that took a lot of brain 
Like, and yeah. I love that. I love that Natalie is just uh, different and no one and everyone just shuts up about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they don't make food jokes about oh, her. They they do okay. kind of the, the closest they come is she does make a lot of jokes involving food. Mm-hmm. And and also because she's Jewish, there are times where she goes into full Yenta mode, I swear, oh, okay. uh, without it explicitly being stated. But the important thing is, and Mindy Cohn has gone on record saying, there was never an episode where Natalie's weight was the thing, where it was, I need to look good. I need to fit into this outfit. It was never uh, a thing. So that's one of the the best things about the series as a whole. Nice. But Natalie's not getting anything out of this guy. No, Ben is not. Which is really too bad. Yeah, he's not picking up what she's putting down, which, you know, isn't much, but a courtesy, hello, hi there, good to see you, or, okay, I have to go now, uh, boy yeah. number one says we're out of here. Yeah, so. <laughs> but boy number one speaks, you know. We all listen. <laughs> Out. So Mrs. Garrett, we often discuss the finer nuances of her subtle performances, mm-hmm. and as I've stated many times, her dramatic work when she is the nurturing mother uh, mm-hmm. Earth Mother, uh, Warm Fuzzy, Charlotte Ray is unsurpassed. But yeah. there are so many times where, because her role is slowly becoming more and more thankless, you can see a lot of broader choices being made just to uh-huh. try and stand out. And things like after the boys had, uh, the boys were dispersing. Uh, Mrs. Garrett sits down and says, and then afterwards, Ben and I are going to talk food. And she's rubbing her <laughs> hands together. And, and it's like, uh, okay. What's that about, then, Mrs. G? <laughs> and then she says, this dance is going to be the best one yet. And you can't see. Sarah can see because we're on video. The best one yet have two okay sign hands fingers flared fingers flared and on yet we get a little pop up out of her chair huh and and it's like you know it's like trying to make something out of nothing and still not getting anywhere really is is she jazzed because she's gonna she has someone in mind that she wants to ask and so she's like oh man now i'm gonna now mrs garrett's gonna get a piece um <laughs> is that... I, well i mean she is she does down the road okay. but what i'm just saying is because the shows so often fixate around the girls yeah. and their trials and tribulations oftentimes mrs garrett's role is just kind of window dressing and it's thankless Aww. and it's her show she is the star of the show so it's it's just weird and we we see and we point there's so many pointing to the ceiling broad <laughs> moments and Punching the words and getting loud. And uh, it's, we discuss it a lot on this show. And yeah. um, we do get some moments like that here in this. And this was one of them. Okay. Always fun. There was. Now, uh, the girls start quickly weighing in on what they think about this concept yeah. of girls asking boys out. First of all, Joe, not interested. Surprise. Yeah. Are we surprised? We are not. I've no. seen Joe for exactly like four minutes by this point, and I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, Joe is the the tomboy. Interested. Remember, Joe is sure. the tomboy. Okay. Uh, there are people who have been on this show who are like the lesbian. It's like, no, she's the tomboy. Tomboy. And she does grow up to marry a man and have a family. So it's just uh, the fact that she's dressed in. At one point, she is in. I made a costume note. She's in a... Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's a plaid shirt with a denim vest. It is like... Whew, girl. Blair. Blair is horrified. Mm-hmm. She uses the word degrading yeah. and embarrassing. And it's like, girl. But, you know, granted, Blair is used to being fawned over and asked out. To her, sure. this is... This is a, a this is an event that has no reason or purpose in her world. It doesn't need to happen. Yeah, that she would be so I that alarmed me cuz I'm like, "Well, what do you think the boys feel when they ask you out?" Uh, yeah. Exactly. Where's the empathy, Blair? Exactly. Tootie is like, "Oh, it sounds like fun. I think I want to go." And 
they all like pig pile on her, leap I on her, know. like what? And somebody says, I think it's Blair again that says it's against the laws of nature. It's the man's job to ask <laughs> and the woman's job to trick him into it. <laughs> okay. I did I must admit, I did have to take off my twenty twenty brain a little bit mm-hmm. because <clears throat> uh otherwise the rage monster comes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the man's job, the woman's job, tracking, yeah. raw. And I'm like, Sarah, how about you just relax for a minute and uh, watch a show from the 80s that was actually quite ahead of its time and avant-garde regarding a lot of these topics and tough situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful example of um, – you know, role dynamics that do not, absolutely do not need to exist anymore. No. And we were in, this is 82. I was alive then. And I remember all the talk of being a modern woman of the 80s. And even Mrs. Garrett does say, there's a joke later. She says, what do you think all of those Harvey's Bristol cream ads were all about? (laughs) And that was a thing from the 70s. Okay. Okay. There used to be a time it wasn't appropriate for a woman to ask a man to come over for a drink. But Harley Harvey's Bristol Cream, it's downright upright, is what the announcer used to say. Oh my! So what? So this was a, simply an alcohol product that thought, let's play off of the fact that it's the 70s, Ms. Magazine, Gloria Steinem, yeah. you know, the feminism movement. Let's Let's try to take an angle here where... We can also say something, and certainly it made them stand out from everything else. These ads are, to my generation, they're legendary. Okay. So um, it is interesting that um, uh, the girls all pig pile on Tootie. Yeah. And Natalie takes the angle of, you are ready to sacrifice everything that women have been fighting for. The independence that we and Gloria and Helen Gurley have worked so hard to achieve. (laughs) And back to, we, we give notes to the writers on this show, if you yeah. haven't picked up on that yet, Sarah. So, yeah. you know, we of the, the notes we give to the writers, we're going to put in our time machine and send Good. back to them. Yeah. The thing is, at some point, why didn't somebody say, um, this is Gloria Steinem and Helen, this is the feminist movement. Exactly. You're, you're acting like yeah. this, you're saying this event is flying in the face of feminism. No, this <laughs> event is a representation of it. Yeah. And no one really laid that out and said, you are being ridiculous. Yeah, that, that part, I was, went directly against, like exactly what you were saying, went directly against what we were, what those women and what we were working for is like, yeah. Like not having hard and fast role discipline or um, role gender roles. Dang it. That's what I'm trying to say. Gender roles that it is more flexible than that. Um, So, yeah, that was I'm like, ooh, I'm not following. It's not that's not tracking. That's not tracking, honestly. Yeah. And and again, this makes for uninteresting drama. And this would have been a short, boring episode. Sure would. (laughs) If someone just said, well. You're wrong. Get the fuck over it. And if you don't want to go to the dance, don't go to the dance. Yeah. Get out of my face. Yeah. But um, but Tootie thankfully sticks to her guns, and she's like, Yeah, she does. But I want to go, and yeah. and she keeps it simple. They keep her response simple. She's not making a statement. She's not. She just is like, It sounds like fun, and I want to go. Yeah. So I want to go. I'm gonna ask a boy, and I'm gonna go. And they're all like, Whoa, How dare you? The the Sarah Rage Monster. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah. And uh, and that's how that scene ends. Yeah. And then we go into the next scene uh, where we're in the parlor now or the lounge. We call it the parlor because it's parlor. gayer. <laughs> and Tootie is on the phone. And Tootie is uh, talking to a boy. And she's like, I'm looking forward to it, Ron. All right. I'll see you uh, at the movies Sunday at 6. And Tootie hangs up the phone and basically says to mrs garrett holy shit whole new worlds have opened up to me yes i'm asking boys out i've got bunches of dates i'm calling all different boys yeah and i and it's working this is the best yeah it's like yes i love that right it should be 
she is so into it. I don't love that she lies. Like, there's no one I'd rather see this movie with than you. And then she yes. sees, you know, the joke is that she schedules it twice and uh, goes yeah. to the movie. And she's like, oh, I'll just see the movie twice. Um, but I love that she is like, oh, my God, I could have been having dates and a nice time on my terms, on my schedule this whole time. I loved yes. it. I'm like, get some 2D. Yes. And, and she's the baby. <clears throat> she's the youngest of them. She's... Mm-hmm. Um, she's 15. Oh, then in... responsibly hang out with boys, yes. Judy. In a, in a non-sexual but consensual manner. Exactly, um, on your terms. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So and Tootie is even keeping a calendar to keep track of it. And she realizes, oh, my God, I've invited mm-hmm. Kevin and Ron to the same movie. Oh, yeah. well, I'm just going to have to see the movie twice. <laughs> and um, when Natalie comes in, she looks and she says... Oh, Tootie, Jesus, even Warren Beatty takes a break every once in a while. <laughs> that, made, it's like, that made me laugh. <laughs> wow. Oh, For those I, of you who don't know, Warren Beatty, the actor that we now see as that old guy who announced the wrong Best Picture Oscar mm. uh, for La La Land. Uh, yeah, in his day, he was not just a sex symbol. He was a well-known uh, Casanova Mm-hmm. He was getting some tail. Yeah. And um, was it Shampoo? Is that the movie where he plays like a hairdresser who is just fucking everything? <laughs> I don't know. I think. I don't know. And that was based on um, John Peters, the actual later hairdresser turned producer, John oh. Peters. Um, but there was a lot of Warren Beatty about that. Like he, he had a reputation and it was for it was for real. Okay. Um, but to equate Tootie's escapades with multiple dates with boys to Warren Beatty fucking a donut if it had a hole in it, it's like, geez, girl. Yeah, that, harsh. Was, that was brutal. Just let this harsh. poor kid go on some dates and see some boys. So it is Natalie's spin that they are just going to have a girls' night at home, chilling yeah. out, bucking the convention of this unconventional dance. And... um. Mrs. Garrett has an odd line that does not land, I don't think. Okay. She says, um, boycotting the dance is like coming out against E.T. I think the problem is partially using the term coming out immediately. Our brains go to gay coming out. Sure. Coming so out I think against the, the, E.T. E.T. That literally just means nobody didn't love the movie E.T. Sure. Okay. And so it's it's basically saying boycotting that saying you don't want to be a part of this dance is like saying you hated the movie ET. Okay. Yeah, it didn't uh, I've just reworded the same joke and it's still not particularly funny, is it? Yeah, well it's <laughs> well because I I understand why people would not want to go to this dance for other reasons, but um Yeah. Yeah. I do I do know that ET was the number 1 film in 1982. Uh, because mm-hmm. I had little E.T. shoes that were my first pair of shoes when I was a baby. <laughs> I was born in 82. And so I had little purple E.T. shoes. Well, they're basically like little purple booties with a little E.T. stamped on them. They're super cute. Do you still have them? Uh, my mom does. Yeah. I can. No. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. Your I mom think... still has your E.T. baby booties. I mean, I think they were my first pair of shoes. So, you know, it's how it's important oh. when you're, you're, your baby's first okay. whatever's. Okay. So, um, mm-hmm. I can, I, they had like a poof in them. <laughs> they had a little poofy, <laughs> fuzzy thing in the shoe to keep its shape for future babies. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> another sidetrack. David, this is going to be 800 hours long. I'm this so sorry. This is what I love. <laughs> this is what I love. Okay. Natalie is on the fucking warpath. Yeah, she's so energized behind this. So yeah. mad. And she... And she really lays into Tootie again. You're not going to have fun. Blair and Joe and I are going to stay in and eat like animals with no guys watching. <laughs> and Tootie says, I'd rather eat like a bird with guys watching. Yeah, that's a it's a problematic, problematic uh... little thing. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do. <laughs> and it's a common convention. It's a common sure. thing. The idea of a woman on a date will eat less so the man doesn't think that she's a glutton and that's even i'm aware of that and it's like yeah have we have we evolved i hope a little bit more now this is where things start to fall apart yeah blair comes in and she's like okay shit's getting real 
-hmm. I was at the library and everybody is going to this thing. And if I don't go, the perception will be that I couldn't get a date. And then if I asked boys, they wouldn't go with me. So fuck that. I am going to this dance. And we have to also point out, I do do fashion Mm. check-ins. The first half of this episode, we are clearly on a weekend because they're always in street clothes. Yes. Blair is wearing a solid teal shirt. She is wearing a magenta vest. And she has on the biggest plaid skirt I have ever seen (laughs) in my entire (laughs) life. I want to point out the teal shirt and the magenta vest. Uh-huh. That was like 1980s McEighties a lot. It was so <laughs> glorious. Those were the colors of my adolescence. That was like amazing. Awesome. Um, so then Joe comes in. I think this is where she's got her Lumberjill shirt and her denim vest. And right. I have to pause a moment. These are the minute little itty bitty microscopic things I have to talk about. Okay. When Joe comes in from that door, okay. the background of what is on the other side of that door is a brick wall that is clearly parallel to the audience and covered with ivy. In an earlier episode last season, the brick wall was there, no ivy, and the brick wall was perpendicular <gasps> to the back wall. So we somehow <laughs> moved a wing or a wall of this cafeteria <laughs> building. Okay. And we... And we have not yet arrived at the reunion special uh, TV movie they did in 2001, Mm -hmm. where they go back to the cafeteria. When they do, they found um, they found an actual because I mean this is a soundstage in a in a in a movie set. This they found an actual location that they doctored to look like the Mm -hmm. Eastland cafeteria set, but it is on the second floor. So we see them walk up a flight of stairs open the door and walk into and walk into the cafeteria. And it's like, what is happening? (laughs) We were never on a second floor. Never. Never. Never once. How dare you take me to a different place? Yeah. So I just have to point out that this brick wall moved. Uh, For those listening, check out the website. I did take some screen grabs and I will post them. This is the stuff that fascinates me about continuity. Okay. With the show. Um, So Joe comes in and Joe was at the arcade and she just happens to mention, oh, there was this boy there and he was playing. Oh, my God. They were playing Tron. Awesome. Bless Tron. (laughs) All the everything's in 1982. Yeah. For video game people. Um, They were playing Tron and he was really good and they hit it off. She's like, so it turns out he goes to bait. So I asked him to the dance. And it's like. What happened and to Solidarity, sister? Exactly. And Blair says something about you're part of the overall moral decline. Does Blair hmm. say that? I don't know. Somebody says that. But those are, that's the, those are the words being used. This is the language these girls are speaking to each other. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus. So Natalie's really not happy because at this point, all of her brosises have abandoned her. Yeah. Oh, so, no. When she's like, come on, guys, don't go. And they're like, we're going. And basically, Natalie is left alone in the parlor. And she says, fine, I'm just going to stand here alone with my principles. And then she yells (laughs) after them, when they refuse your subscription to Ms. Magazine, don't come running to me. And we go to commercial. Commercial break. There it is. Now, when we go to commercial on this show, Sarah, this is where I like to do a little getting to know you section and talk to my guest. Um, Let's start at the very beginning and uh, tell me, Sarah, where were you originally born? I was originally born in Pennsylvania in in Johnstown, technically, and where I got my E.T. booties. Um, And then (laughs) I I, I lived in central PA for um, my childhood. And am I right that I affiliate you somehow with Chicago? Yes, you are. Um, so I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I went to college uh, and studied uh, theater and art in the College of mm-hmm. Santa Fe in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Went to mm-hmm. a weird hippy-dippy college in the desert, and it was nice. wonderful <laughs> and oh. full of odd, lovely people, which are my people. Um, that's our and, tribe, girl. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's that's where we belong, and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for it. Uh, there, I really got into uh, comedy. I was uh, one of the founding members of a troupe called Underwear Society, 
mm-hmm. and we were a sketch comedy group. We would have a show every semester, and um, it it just like it emblazed my heart. Is that a thing to say? It is now. It, it and... is now. You just invented it, girl. <laughs> and it it uh, I, one I got to be my own producer. I got to work with friends that I loved. I got mm-hmm. to you know help write our own material, and then we were doing everything ourselves. And I'm like, okay this tracks for me because I really hate people telling me what to do. And I was struggling <laughs> with like traditional performance, um, like uh, just regular kind of plays and musicals and stuff. And mm-hmm. I realized like maybe that's where my, my soul, uh, where my soul's journey lied. Nice. Uh, and so that's what brought me to Chicago. A dear friend of mine was like, Hey, let's both of us move to Chicago. We'll do second city and we'll see what happens there. And that's what we did. So I lived mm-hmm. in Chicago for two years, um, did the Second City thing, went through the conservatory and all of that, and mm-hmm. uh, was one of the founding members of uh, Infinite Sundays, which was a musical improv uh, house troupe for Second City. And that, nice. was, that was like, oh, mama, I made it. I mean, I c- couldn't have made less money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the show of had course. no prestige but for oh, me yeah. it was it was a huge feather the in my cap pinnacle yes yeah it was it felt it was really special and i was really mm-hmm. happy and honored to be a part of that and then the disney train came through so disney uh-huh. um was having these huge cattle call auditions and i went to one was called back a few months later for the hook and loop show for what's your problem which mm-hmm began as an improv show it was supposed was, to be an improvised show yes i was going to bring that out yeah that you were brought to disney uh, specifically because you were an improvisational comedian and actress and that's what they were going to build this entire show around yeah and then over time it was clear that the corporation who was sponsoring it yeah. didn't quite get what improv was. And mm-hmm. over time, it slowly, for lack of a better term, deteriorated into a scripted show with some light interactive moments. But it basically negated the reason yeah. why they would bring someone of your caliber and your level of improv expertise that's very generous of you. Thank you. <laughs> but it was clear. And I was lucky that I was one of the last, I think I was the last cast that trained into that I show before were. it closed. Yeah. And um, so that's where we first met, met. Yeah. And then later we were doing, we did a game show that they did for the, um, we'll call it the timeshare division of a certain a large entertainment corporation. Yes. And so there was a group of us, again, people with improvisational background, and they let us host these fun game shows for the people who uh, own the timeshares. And uh, and that was so much fun because we had we had a lot more freedom to play. Yeah, we did. And we I had loved a, whenever we did We had that. a lot of freedom um, and a lot uh, – and people – you know, they really wanted to be there, which is was was lovely. We gave out free stuff, we gave out prizes, and we gave out snick snacks. Yeah, and uh, snick that's snacks. all that matters. Yeah, and I had purple pants and oh, purple pants. That's I love right. my purple pants. Costuming was like, you have other pants. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but they're not my purple pants. <laughs> so working with you was always a joy and a pleasure. And then uh, in the course, shortly after we first met, was when you married your husband Patrick. Yeah. And he is a really cool dude. He is. I love him. He's great. And his last name is also my mother's maiden name, as I've told you before. And I still, I really want to find some connection back in our family trees that somehow makes you and me related now. I want that really badly. I do too. And so after your nuptials, you did a few other gigs here. And then remind me, what got you out to Seattle? Was it was it his work? Yeah, was it, it was. Work? So I was working at uh, all three theme parks. Um, I was at Disney Universal and SeaWorld doing, doing mm-hmm. what actors do. Uh-huh. And, um, Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gig to gig, doing it all. Um, and yeah, so Patrick and I, we'd been talking about like maybe leaving Florida. We loved, I loved my work. I loved the jobs that we were doing um, Mm -hmm. because I got to work with fabulous people like you. It's just like the smartest, generous, lovely people. And it was so, it was so great. And I also was like, 
I'm okay if I leave Florida now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because um, I've traveled, like I, like I mentioned, I'm I've traveled a bit, and I knew that Florida probably wasn't my forever place, at least not yet. So yeah, Patrick, so you've had that's right because you had Northeast, you had Southwest, you had Chicago. Yeah, now, you've kind of you kind of have this perfect all four points in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you've, you have lived the perfect American life, Sarah. Well, thank you. As far you. as you've experienced every single locale, climate alteration, and stuff. That's interesting. I never yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah, if you look but at the yeah. map, it's like all all the corners, um, or a lot mm-hmm. of the corners. And so uh, P-Funk was looking for work, and then he auditioned for uh, Amazon. He interviewed for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Spoken and like a gig. true actress. He, yeah. he auditioned. He, he put auditioned. on his best costume, I mean suit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I lived by coastally for about six months and tried to live in both worlds and eventually uh, went moved full-time to Seattle by the summer. And how long have you been there now? Uh, it'll be five years this summer. Wow. Jeebus. No, I feel like cray, I just got cray. here. That is, I feel like you just left. That's right? That's crazy. Yeah. Man. It's and so now weird. in Seattle, Seattle is a theater town, correct? It is a theater town. Uh, Next to Normal mm-hmm. came out of here. Um, Come From Away came from here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are, Hairspray are... did there too. Yeah, oh, that's, I think it's a so. good. Yeah, it's an out of town tryout. I don't do any of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, perfect segue. What do you do? Tell us. Uh, tell me about I'm your theatrical I'm back in the things. improv world. So I work with uh, Unexpected Productions, which is a. Um, an improvisational theater where we have shows Wednesday through Sunday and we are located at the market theater. So if you know where the Pike place market is, or if you've ever seen uh, people throwing fish or the giant flower market, um, but Pike place market is the most photographed place in Seattle besides a space needle. And oh. uh, yeah, so that's the theater where I work primarily. Um, and then I also do shows at jet city improv and I work at a chocolate shop. <laughs> Ah, a girl. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. But, yep, living the dream and still performing and improvising and yeah. occasionally getting back to Orlando, and that's great. And I get my dose of Sarah every week in your fabulous podcast, Aww. Hi, I Think You're Nice. Oh, thank and you. Tell, tell, give and give a quick... Uh, elevator pitch what is tell about sure. what your podcast is thank you um i'm so touched that you listen anytime anyone tells me they listen i'm like Ooh. oh my god i'm the same way i'm like i know I'm like you listen to me why it's you like, have a great voice for this david by oh, the way start. you have a great i'm like i want to hear you read a book um, oh you're so sweet uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but now to talk about me again um back to you so, yeah, Hi, I Think You're Nice is a podcast where I talk to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. It's a variety of topics. It's with friends who are – some are performers, some are not. Uh, but they're people who are passionate about something. Maybe it's Shakespeare. Maybe it's camping. Maybe it's golfing. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's like Joy, our friend Joy, who was a rocket. Yeah, um, I recommended that people – she was on my show, and I said, if you want to hear – some more crazy Joy Anderson-ness. I directed them to her on your <laughs> yes. show. That was uh, amazing, that episode. So cool. I mean, thank you. Um, what I love about it is that my guests get to talk about the thing that they love, and then I, I just get to relish in a lovely conversation with lovely people. And hopefully mm-hmm. it's people learn a little something. Maybe they laugh. Maybe the whole reason I, I created the podcast at all was because – the world is kind of insane, mm-hmm. okay, um, and I can't fix everything. I cannot fix the world. I want to. I want to be out there every day fixing everything that I can. So I take the little steps that I can on a, on a mm-hmm. daily basis, and I also wanted to provide just an hour a week where people can chill and have a nice time. It's not gonna. It's not crazy one way or the other. Literally anyone from any walk of life can listen and Mm -hmm. hopefully just have a nice time. That's it. (laughs) It is. No. And it's, that's what I believe you have created. And it's always delightful for me. It's just an extra bonus that there are times I'll tune in and be like, Oh, I know this person. I know Chase Paget. I know Ryan Gelodi. I know uh, Joy Anderson. And that's always, 
that's always thrilling. And lastly, uh, one of the of the many titles and ways I introduced you is, you know, actress, comedian, improviser. I also called you Happy Pink Girl. I Talk heard about it. I love it. How you've. Uh, how you've dubbed yourself Happy Pink Girl. So once upon a time at the Orlando Fringe, I started a show, I wrote a show called Happy Zombie Girl because zombies were all the rage. It was like zombies. Couldn't throw a stick without a zombie reference. Mm -hmm. So I created a show called Happy Zombie Girl. And then I'm like, well, I have more material material I want to share and I don't want to be attached to the zombie thing anymore. The makeup, my God. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I just decided to be happy pink girl because pink is my favorite color and I felt like it embodied the sunshine unicorn vibe that I was going for. So I created mm-hmm. a show with uh, Elaine Pahacek, who you also mm-hmm. may know, I've, hopefully do. I keep- so Elaine also uh, helped compose um, Happy Zombie Girl and then Happy Pink Girl. And then mm-hmm. we did that and we kind of toured it around, um, went to Pennsylvania with it, did did a run at Mad Cow at their cabaret. Yes. So, yeah. And I think the term you used, the happy unicorn vibe, is that what you said? Yeah, the happy pink unicorn vibe. That's that describes for. you in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, that thank is you. you. <laughs> perfectly stated and I think it's very clear as people hear you speak listening to you here today and on the podcast as well it's just Aww. you are you are the proverbial <laughs> ray of sunshine and I'm so happy to have you here you're so sweet oh, I'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> unicorns cry rainbows it's okay it's okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you, David. You're such a sweet pea. Thank oh, you. You're so kind. Oh, it's the. <laughs> but we need to get back to these facts of life and yes, sort out this Sadie Hawkins shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have got to figure out what's going on. Now, the second half of the show, we're back in our school uniforms. So yes, now we we're in the school week. So. That means we've had a week turnaround. So clearly they were planning the dance on a weekend and the dance was the following weekend. Mm-hmm. So FYI, um, we start off the bat with a great joke. Natalie is still stewing and Tootie comes in and she says, hey, did anybody call? And Natalie says, yes, the phone company to thank you for reaching out and touching everybody. <laughs> in Tootie and Natalie's conversation, it's like, well, why don't you, what are you so, why don't you call Ben? This yeah. is your chance. You could ask him, why don't you just call Ben and see if he wants to go to the dance rather than being such a fucking bitch and feeling all abandoned. And uh, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, um, paraphrasing a bit. Yeah. And then um, Mrs. Garrett does mention that when she was at a planning party, she overheard that Eunice Schram was talking about asking Ben and asking oh. him to the dance. Eunice Schramm. You, that's a tough name. I Eunice? want to meet this character so badly. <laughs> oh, Eunice. I, so, promise in an improv show, would you please create a character named Eunice Schramm? I would love to. I believe, I don't know anyone who could do it better than you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. But Mrs. Garrett says, why don't you call him and, and uh, ask him? And Natalie says, I know what he's going to say. Natalie who? Oh. And... And Mrs. Garrett is is like, no, I saw how he looked at you. And I'm like, we, we did too. He didn't look at her. And she said, he didn't look at me. He looked at his shoes. And Mrs. Garrett, this is our Charlotte Ray moment. Mrs. Garrett tells the story of a boy in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So this story 100% applies to a high school junior. Seventh grade story. Okay. Um, a boy that was crazy about her, but he would hit her over the head with his book bag. Well, two years later, he stopped hitting her and asked her to go steady. Oh. <laughs> oh, anyway. pro- problems with that, you know? <laughs> In two years, he stopped hitting me? <laughs> yeah. And after my bruises healed... Um, and please feel free at any time to join me in my ma- bad Mrs. Garrett impression. I'm you trying to think of how. I... It's, it, it's, uh, I'm not saying on demand, do it now. Sure. I'm just saying if you are inspired at any If point. I'm inspired to do it. Her story bummed me out because I'm like, that is what we like to call toxic masculinity. Mm. I have to be, oh, I'm not allowed to have feelings. I'm not allowed to, to be, uh, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, to have what, what word am I looking to her feelings 
Express uh, feelings, uh, emotions. Emotions. Uh, you know, I'm not vulnerable. I'm not allowed to be vulnerable oh, and tell yeah. you that I like you. I yeah. have to act it out in some other way, and then you have to innately know what my poor physical actions mean. So, like, that part I'm like, whoa, let's pump yeah. the brakes on that one, and let's learn from this moment. So <laughs> Yeah. As opposed to just saying, you know, there was a time I didn't know if a boy liked me, and it turned out he did. This could be the same scenario. Make the fucking phone call. Yeah. But yeah, this reeked of the, the you know the caveman hitting the woman over the head and dragging her by her hair. Yeah, kind of a and courtship. Also, like he stopped and he stopped hit when he stopped hitting me. Like ugh, that just exactly. I just really hate that because <laughs> a that kiss. What is it? Sometimes he hits you and it feels like a kiss. Or <laughs> nope. shit from Carousel. <laughs> no, ugh. no. I think no. it's I think it's from Carousel. Yeah, it's a it's a hard no. Yeah, that's a hard pass um, from from Hanchar over yeah. here. Any hoozle. So then who? This comes is where in? Natalie says, "What if he says no? What if he laughs at me in dealing with rejection?" Yeah. But now the tables are about to turn, Sarah. <gasps> how? Tell me. Joe shows up. She's what? not going to the dance. <gasps> the Tron guy at the arcade did so well. He's in a regional Tron tournament. What? Because those are a thing that happen. Apparently, that's sure. a thing. Sure, why the fuck not? So uh, the good thing is Joe is very matter-of-fact about it. She's not, God damn it, I'm not going to this. She's just like, oh, no, he can't make it, so I'm not going. And it's almost like she respects him for going. Like, she's like, well, he's really good. So, like, I get that opportunity. Yeah, somebody even says, he's not going to the dance for some tournament. I feel like Joe says, well, yeah, he's good. And again, it's that, that's why Joe is so awesome. It's like. But this is his thing, and this is his chance to shine, and there will yeah. be other dances. It's Into like, it. Be, we all need to be more like Joe. Yeah. We do. Really. Okay. Well, Tootie uh, answered a phone call earlier, and she comes back and is like, well, fuck. My date, <laughs> who I wanted to take to the dance, can't can't go to the dance. Yeah. And the problem is, um, I had, he had overheard that I was asking one person, mm-hmm. and because... This is a little borderline, a little problematic, mm-hmm. but it was that he had spoken to another boy who already knew he was going out with her, so he figured she was going to ask him. It doesn't quite venture into, you've been asking out too many boys, Tootie, and now yeah. this is where... Um, what happens? This is where this is where the slut shaming comes in. This is where the... This is what happens when you date too many boys, like a little whore. Um, <laughs> like I said, it didn't come to that. It did yeah. not come to that, and so I was very happy. So then the last nail in the coffin here is Blair shows up, and Blair is like, well, fuck a duck. I can't get a date to this dance. And the boy I asked said, I waited too long, that the fact that they were doing this protest and sat it out and didn't jump right onto this shit. Yeah. The other girls swooped in, and none of the boys Blair had lined up were available, not through any not through any dislike or um, any issue with her desirability. It was just a matter yeah. of timing. She's like, I waited too long. Fuck. So, yeah, and she, of course. And she uh, knuckled under and called all of them. So, like, yeah. she she faced her, I, I won't say shame, but, like, she's like, oh, I don't want to call everybody, but I guess I am. And yeah. she did. And then but didn't you get know, anybody. But you know the number nine boy on her list. She was like. I only want to go to the dance with you, Hobarth, or yeah. whatever. You know that she <laughs> oh, just poured Hobarth. on the charm. But yeah. um, so then Natalie is, of course, thrilled. Natalie is yeah. ecstatic. So she is gleefully comforting, comforting them and saying, we're just going to stay home and play bridge. We'll have so much fun. <laughs> really? Play bridge? How? Old are you are these 80? children's souls? Like... How old are the writers? It's, oh my God. <laughs> play, we're gonna play bridge. bridge. Oh my play God. Play Euchre. Not Crazy Eights. Couldn't have been Crazy Eights or Monopoly. Yeah. Mrs. Garrett and Tootie were playing Scrabble earlier. It's like, yeah. it, what? There are more games. Bridge? Bridge. <laughs> anyway, um, there was something I had to say. Oh, weird. This is like, I'm literally to my fives of listeners. If anybody uh-huh. understands this, or if you, Sarah, understood something, okay. at one point, 
when Joe, in between Joe showing up to say that her bow can't go and Tootie getting off of the phone, Mrs. Garrett walks over and says, I'm not really crazy about this punch bowl. Maybe someone will drop it. Yeah. Did it make any sense to you? No, it didn't. Okay. And I do good. remember that happening and thinking like, oh, boy, she really yeah. has it out for this punch bowl that it has its and own I, moment. And I thought it would... Well, I thought sometimes, you know, you go, that was weird, but then it comes back and you're like, oh, I get why that was weird. That was one of those never came back. There was no callback, no follow-up. So don't know what's going on there. But if I find out, I'll let you know, of course. Okay. So then next scene, it is Saturday night and the girls are all sitting around. They're all in their, uh, they got their eating dresses on. I I mean, they are in their uggo pajamas. (laughs) Complete with Blair with green shit on her face yes, doing a facial. Yes, the quintessential I'm wearing a mask mask. Yeah. And they're playing poker and each of them has a sleeve of cookies, of sandwich cookies with a vanilla wafer and a chocolate wafer. And each sleeve says five cents. Like they, somebody wrote on the side of the plastic tray that the cookies came in. Five cents. <laughs> what? I, I didn't notice that. I must admit, I don't. I don't remember that. It's it's like okay. At some point, they went okay. We're gonna play for cookies instead of thing. Well, what are the cookies worth? They're worth five cents. I'll get the sharpie. Oh. It's like you know what I mean. It's like well, what? Can it just be a cookie? You betting a cookie, and the cookie's worth is a cookie. I I I agree with you. <laughs> I don't get it. That's so funny. So then. Ben comes in. <gasps> ben, the boy. Natalie's the, the boy, boy that Natalie likes. He shows up. And um, the girls all duck. Blair ducks underneath the uh, the table because God forbid she'd be seen as a human. Yes, I know. And, and not a full face of makeup. Um, and then Mrs. Garrett comes in. Oh, oh, the subtlety of Charlotte Ray batting her eyes. Oh, Ben, I completely forgot you were coming by. And it's like, huh? And then um, it's she told Ben to come by to pick up some records to go play to the dance. Yeah. And that was the the um, the ploy, I guess, on the part because clearly this was something set up by Mrs. Garrett. Ben turns and says, "Hi, Natalie." And Natalie is kind of like, almost says, "What?" It's like, what? "Huh? You did did you did yeah. you just treat me like I was a living, breathing other person?" And um, Mrs. Garrett, again with a subtlety, girls, help me in the kitchen with the tablecloths. So they go into the lounge to get him the records. Yeah. And um, Ben says, uh, so Natalie's like, okay, I'll go do it. And Ben says, well, it's no rush. I got plenty of time. Yeah. And she says, really? And he says, well, I'm not going to the dance. And Natalie says, why? Eunice Schramm was going to ask you. And he said, yeah, she did ask me. But I didn't accept because the girl that I wanted to go with never asked me. And he said, and she looks at him like, yeah. and he says, we would have had a great time. I and Natalie know. is, I, oh my God, my heart sang, my heart sang for yeah. every, for every, I don't think he likes me. Oh my God, he likes me. It's, yes. Uh, but yeah. um, she actually says, wait a minute. Did, did you just ask me out? And he says, I can't ask you out. It's a Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. And she says, great, let's go. And she starts to walk out in her flannel nightgown. (laughs) And then she's like, oh, I better change first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do get a little bit of it. This is where it's a little bit of it back. Where she says, why did you never ask me out before? And he says, because I like you. And what if you said no? It would have been been nice if it was continuing. I mean, it's so hard to put yourself out there, and I don't know if I could have dealt with that kind of rejection. To have him repeat exactly what she said would have been the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Ever. Just saying. That could have... Moment was lovely. Nothing wrong with it. That could have punched it up. I was going to say, like, he's actually... I I could put my 2020 brain back on for the scene because it really was pretty... It was lovely. Like he was genuine and honest, and uh, yeah, and it was it was a really lovely moment, and we got to see the humanity and nerves of both of them. You know, these young uh, young people mm. like feelings, gross, scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a <laughs> was a good moment. And then the episode ends 
I think, lamely. Okay. I think it's pretty lame. How so, did it end? I don't recall. She's like, oh, I got to change. Wait here. And she starts to walk out. And as the other the other girls are coming out of the kitchen, she's like, you know, move it. I'm going up. I'm going to the, where are you going? I'm going to the dance. And it's like, what? And they're all, what happened to staying home? What happened to your principles and women's rights and chauvinistic influence? And Natalie says, I'm not going because I have to. I'm going because I want to. And then the applause track starts a little early. And the freeze frame happens of the three girls reacting to her. It, the freeze frame happens mm-hmm. a little late. It's a little awkward. And part of me is like, I, what did you think about that ending? Well, I have felt to be filled, but you tell me. Well, for me, I love the, I, I want to, because I want to, not because I have to. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, hell yeah. Um because she was being pressured to go and do this thing that she didn't want to do for reasons, you know, of being rejected and all those like totally reasonable reasons. Um, although she, mm-hmm. you know, came at it like a wrecking ball. Um, <laughs> so I do like that she said um, that she because she wanted to and not because she had to. Yes. And I guess I don't know how I would have punched up punched up that ending i don't know i'm not good at stingers okay (laughs) no no that's fine wander Uh, no what i was gonna say not so much that i wanted a joke there what i wanted was i don't feel like that the complication of this episode was that natalie was being forced to go and being told you have to go yeah it seemed like that when the idea was presented it was Natalie's insecurities that were giving all the pushback. Okay. So I think, you know, while there's, it's a great statement, it is a great declaration, I'm not going because I have to go, I'm going because I want to go. That's not the reason before that's I didn't get... That's not what she'd been talking about. Yeah, that's not yeah. the promise of the of the. At scene, least in the like... viewing. Maybe if I watch it again, I'd get a different thing. Maybe I need to, need to watch it again. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was my thing. So I think the idea is... Um, I feel like they could have gone for a, an even more pat ending with the, um, wait a minute. What about all this? What about all that stuff? And she's like, he likes me. That's all that matters. Duh. Yeah. Even that would have been like just the comedy of Natalie abandoning these deep held principles because it's for a boy. That's very on brand for her. Natalie's the boy oh, crazy it? one. Oh, is she? Yeah, which is why it's I, also a little weird that she was so insecure. It. Yeah. And so, you know, and that her being against the dance was completely 100% stemming from her being mm-hmm. uh, insecure about this guy, Ben. And and the fact that they hinged so much on Ben, it's like, ask him out. Well, what if he says no, the world comes to an end? No, yeah. if he says no, he says I'm no. pretty sure there's other boys out there yeah. that you could ask. It's not that you would... I don't know. They The stakes were made to be extremely high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's it. And that's a minor tweak. It's a yeah. minor tweak. Sarah, we are at the end of this episode. <gasps> we are. Here we, we are. We are at the very end. Any last final thoughts about it? Any other things or things that popped out to you before I ask you for your for your final, a final thing I'm going to ask you to do? Okay. Um. Well, I must admit, I really enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. I love how many uh, women are in it. It's women-centered. I mean, this was a lot of women talking about boys, so I'm not sure if we passed the Bechtel test. No, um, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, this is 1982. It's a really great show, you guys. I see why mm-hmm. you have a whole podcast about it. I am two mm-hmm. thumbs up for Facts of Life. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yep. So the last thing I ask my guests to do uh-huh. is, uh, can you think of a classic commercial from your childhood? Just a commercial that you always loved or liked, completely off the top of your head. There are no wrong answers. <laughs> Does a jingle count from my local town? <laughs> do it. Oh, I, I demand that you sing it for me now. <laughs> uh, Snappy's got it easy in, easy out. Snappy's got it what it's all about. Snappy's convenience store. Snappy's. <laughs> <laughs> and that was where? In, in Philly? This is, this is in central Pennsylvania. This is in Belfont, Pen- my hometown. 
I think there are still a snappies. There might be a <gasps> snappy or two left. I will see if I can find some snappy commercials. <laughs> I've never heard of them. It's I'm... just a radio jingle. I don't think it ever had a commercial commercial. It's just a radio <laughs> jingle. But that one's always at the ready if you ever need it. <laughs> Jing- okay, good to know. I have you on speed dial for that one when I need it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> was that your I, Mrs. Garrett? That was my Garrett, but she's a ghost. Apparently. Ooh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll manage my death. There's <laughs> ah, a little more forward. How does she sound like she's a million years old? That's got some mm. Catherine Hepburn going on there. I was gonna say I, that I like feels that. more Hepburn-y to me. Yeah, but you're you're not the first to do that. People people do. They'll start and they'll and yeah. they'll suddenly feel like they're starting to talk like this. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, but it's fine. It's it's, it's all fine. Good. It's all good. All it's what lovely. she would have wanted. Sarah, thank you so much for taking time. We we're in we're in two different time zones. We are on opposite coasts, and we just made something together. We made something beautiful together. This was such we, a joy, David. Thank you so we much. We live in the future, and I'm so happy that you are here with me, experiencing it. And uh, I look forward to having you back and uh, getting to guest on your show. And yes. let's let's do let's do more stuff together, just because we can. We can. We should. And we will. Yay! But until Fireworks. then, goodbye and smooches. Mwah. Goodbye and smooches. Mwah. And there you have it. That was Sarah Hanchar. Isn't she the sweetest? I shouldn't ask that. That's not a question. It's a statement. She is the sweetest, legitimately. And re-listening to it in the editing, I was just aware of how, uh, what a juxtaposition it was to have her and her rainbow unicorn brightness (laughs) counterbalanced by my potty mouth sarcasticness. Good Lord. Um, When James Brendlinger posted on social media that he appeared on my show last week, he did have to put out a disclaimer. He said, David swears a lot, but I don't. And and it's true. I never thought of that. James really is not a potty mouth person like I am. And uh, wow, that's two weeks in a row that's being kind of highlighted to me about my filthy vocabulary. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do something about it. We'll just have to wait and see. Now, before we go, I did say that nobody in this show pointed out to the girls that the fear of rejection, the putting yourself out there, all that stuff is something that boys go through all the time. And and I was wrong. Mrs. Garrett does have a line where she says it's tough, but guys have to do it all the time. So it is said, it is stated, but I... um. My note, I guess, still in the face of that is I still wish it had been punched just a little bit more that this was a learning opportunity for the girls to understand what boys go through when they are trying to ask out the girls. Anyway, um, next week I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 11, September Song. And my very special guest is going to be funny lady, actress, improviser, Kathy Baker. That is all for this week's show. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs> <laughs>